0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. I believe today that we're going to look into some things that are going to help you. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. I want to talk about forgiveness today. Not necessarily God's forgiveness toward us. I mean, that's absolutely how we're able to forgive. But I want to talk about forgiving others. And sometimes this can be a heavy subject, a heavy thing to tackle. But I just, really for the last week, this has been in my heart. I've really been feeling God talking to me about forgiving others. Not that I had a personal issue with anybody, but just I've, I felt this inclination. That's, that's the Holy Spirit, I believe, saying, someone needs to hear this today. And how many know it never hurts us to be reminded of what the Word says about us And about how we can function in life. Amen. So Colossians chapter 3. Looking at verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes this. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now this is an important verse. Because first of all it's saying to bear. In the Greek that means to uphold. That means to endure. To endure. How many have had to endure somebody? <laughs> it's saying you need to endure. You need to hold up. Despite how that person's acted towards you, will you hold them up? Will you lift them up? Will you endure? Will you, will you empathize with them? Will you put yourself in their place and realize there may be someone who's hurt? And you know, sometimes hurt people hurt people. We've heard this, right? But it does happen. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. Now, it's easy in church to hear that, forgive one another. Yeah, yeah, we we get it. We're supposed to forgive. But then he goes on to say this, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is important. This is key. We're going to look at this today. And then what's interesting is Jesus said this to his disciples in Luke chapter 17. He says, it is impossible that no offense should come. In other words, hey guys, guys, listen up, listen up, I got something to tell you. Uh, Don't think you're going to go through this world and never have an opportunity to be offended. Wow, Jesus, thanks. That's a great, great scripture. You're dismissed. Why would Jesus say that? Because he gets humanity. He understands we run into issues, but yet... It says to forgive as the Lord forgave us. Eugene Peterson puts it beautifully here in the Message Bible. He says, forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. Quickly and completely. Say, oh me. Say, oh my. How is this possible? And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. You know, some people can say, Yeah, this love stuff's great. God is love. I get it. Yeah, love, love. Give me something deep. I'll give you something deep. It's called love. Uh Why else would we be challenged to measure his love? The height, the breadth, the depth, the length. Why? Why do we measure God's love? Why do we immerse ourselves and saturate ourselves in his love? So that you may know Jesus. You may understand. God, who He really is. See, without understanding His love, He's just some big being in the sky. He's the Old Testament dude that just shot lightning bolts at people. Like we don't quite get it. And you know, the Old Testament, as it was revealed, see, God slowly revealed Himself through history to mankind. Man wrote down what they understood about God. But you know what? Jesus came to do something. Jesus came to unveil who God was and who God always was was a father who loved his children. Always, it never changed. So Jesus came to reveal this. So how can we forgive? Let's talk about that today. Forgiveness, it's not a feeling. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are thankful for an opportunity to unveil you a little more, to see your heart towards man, to see your heart and your goodness towards us. We thank you, Father, that you never gave up on humanity. You sent your son, that his blood would be shed to start a brand new way of life called New Covenant. And we thank you that for us who have received that, that we would have a proper understanding of what that means, that we have perfect access to you all the time through Jesus Christ. That's who we are now. I pray that as we look in the scriptures today, that that our minds would be changed, that repentance would happen. That's mind change. We would see you differently. We would see ourselves differently. And then we would see our life and how we walk this life out differently. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You inspire these words today. And we walk out of here freer than we were when we first walked in. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 It's about freedom, man. And the Bible says that knowing the truth sets us free. It's not just the truth. There's truth there, but it's knowing it. Amen? So I've told a lot of stories before about uh, my life with uh, two-wheel motorized bikes and three-wheelers. How many remember some of these stories? Uh, We just don't get along very well. There's crashes, bumps, bruises, flips. That's just how it works. Now, I will say this. I can ride a quad. Anything with four tires, a truck, a car, an ATV, I can do that. How many remember the three-wheelers? Do they even make those anymore? Were those like the most dangerous things ever? Me and my buddy one time, we flipped off one, sliced up on a mailbox. We were going around a neighborhood. It was crazy. Mom and Dad, you don't even know about this, so why did I say that out loud? Now I'm in trouble. I'm grounded after service. But I did so many crazy things, two and three wheelers. But how many remember the Honda Spree? Now, now if you're, you're like in your teens, you're like, dude, that is not awesome. I don't know what you think is awesome. But I wish I had a picture of the mopeds before. They were like bikes with little motors on them. And you had to like pedal to get it going. What was cool about this, it was aerodynamic. It was sleek. They actually call it the nifty 50. 50 cc's, Billy. Straight up, max 30 mph. 30 miles per hour, baby. Like, let's go. But as I was growing up, I wanted one of these so bad. I didn't want the old moped. I wanted this because it was sleek. It was fast, 30 miles per hour. It's probably all I could handle anyway. In 86 and 87, they souped it up a bit. They get a little more power, 32 to 33 miles an hour. So that's the model I wanted. I wanted to be able to just, you know, like a bat out of heaven, man. Just go. Do bats live in heaven? I don't know. So one day, I was a little bit older, and I stopped by a friend's place. He owned an automotive repair shop. And I walked in, and we were talking about my car, and, and I saw a spree sitting there, and I went, dude you got a spree. I can't believe that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's not mine. He says, it's actually someone in our congregation. Uh, they had some issues with it. And so I had to fix it. He said, man, it's running tip top. Now I'm like, man, dude, I always wanted one of those growing up. And he goes, Hey, you want to take it for a spin? Now my answer should have been no, there's no way I should be taking this for a spin right now. But as I tried to say those words, what actually came, I was like, yeah, dude, all day long. So he's like, here's the keys. And he says this to me. He says, now, you know how to ride one of these, right? My answer should have been, no. My answer was, oh, yeah, no problem. So I get on the spree, man. Started up. 33 miles an hour, folks. I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. You remember uh, Harry and Lloyd in uh, Dumb and Dumber? He's like, yeah, right? That's probably what I look like. I was dumber, though. So I peeled out on this thing, and... His shop was on a really busy road, and so I started to approach the road, and I'm kind of getting my bearings as I'm going, and I'm getting closer to the road, and, and as I get close, I realize how close I am to the road, and I'm like, oh, and I find the brake at the last minute and kind of turn around, like, and I must have looked like just a moron riding this thing. He's like, dude, are you okay? Do you know how to ride this? I'm like, yeah, it's good. Just get my bearings. It's all good. He goes, why don't you take it in the back parking lot and drive it around? I don't want to get you killed, and they have to tell your parents you're no longer with us. So I go to the back. So I'm cruising around the back on this thing. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I start getting a little faster and I get a little more comfortable with it. Well, at one point, I, I come around this, this curve, and as I'm coming back, in front of me, he's got this 4 by 4 truck. It's sitting there, and it's a ways off. And so I kind of I kick it up, and as I get closer, I'm like, oh, I, I, better, I better hit the brake. Now, I don't know what it is with me in, in two-wheeled vehicles, but whenever I go to hit a brake, I seem to hit the throttle. So I hit the throttle, and actually, I might have got a little wheelie out of this baby. And I freaked out. and He goes, dude, slow down. Slow down. Dude, hit the brake. Stop. Let off the gas. I'm like, okay. And then I hit it more. I'm white knuckled. I can't let go. I know. I freak out all the time. I don't know what is the deal here. So literally, I'm coming closer, and instead of the brake, I hit full throttle. I smash right into the truck, but I, I don't hit the truck. I hit the big tire. I smash into it. I fly one way. The spree, the beautiful Honda spree, goes the other way. Crushed. Smashed front end. Did I never tell you this story? No. See, these are... <laughs> now, if my kids are here, you always tell your parents these stories. Oh, Don't follow my example. Do what I say. So I smash into this tire. And, of course, he's like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Now, this didn't even belong to him. This didn't belong to me. It was somebody in our congregation who probably... That's why They left. That's why they left the congregation. I forgot to tell you that. Yes. No, here's what happened. I, I smashed into this tire and he comes up. He's like, I can't even believe what. I thought you said you could ride one. I was like, yeah, I did too. I smashed the whole front end. And it ended up being several hundred dollars, which I had to pay for one little spree. No pun intended. So now I'm out hundreds of dollars over this. And he did fix it. He got it all together, gave it back. I don't think they ever knew because we're Christians. We don't tell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's crazy. I mean, I've had this happen with a dirt bike and, and now, you know, a Honda Spree and an ATV three wheeler. And, and, and when I freak out, you know, I mean, there's my son, Aiden, a couple weeks ago, he went over to one of his teacher's houses for the summer and they were hanging out and stuff. I was told he was riding a dirt bike and he was like rocking and rolling. I'm like, seriously, was he okay? I'm freaking out. I was like, yeah, he doesn't freak out like you. But what is it about when, when I'm riding the bike, if I would just let go? Like I would hold on. I would hold on to the throttle. I wouldn't let go. And because I didn't let go, what happened? I ended up in a wreck. I ended up in a crash. You know, a lot of times in life, we have offenses come our way. And for some reason, we can't let go. You know, God's saying, let go of this. Release the person, let them off the hook, but we can't let go. We say, I can't, I can't, I'm freaking out. They owe me an apology, they owe me something. Why did they do this to me? And we can't let go. Now, I'm not downplaying what they did. It could be an issue that was completely wrong, uncalled for. But what we do in life is we hold on, we grip, we can't let go. Next thing you know, we're laying on the ground. Our life, our emotions are smashed, and we're laying there looking up, going, What? happened to me? What happened in this situation? Just like me with the Honda Spree and the dirt bike and the ATV three-wheeler, we can't let things go and then we get hurt. We get crushed. And so I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about this idea of forgiveness because like I said, forgiveness, it's not a feeling. Now the word forgiveness, it means to do a favor, to show oneself gracious kind and benevolent to grant forgiveness or pardon. This is what forgiveness is. I remember a few key times in my life where I let things go further than they should have. I had people who offended me, people who did me wrong. I mean, legitimately wrong. And it may have been embarrassing, it may have been humiliating, it, it may have been I was stolen from, whatever these things are, but I, I let it taint me because I wouldn't let go. And what happens, it taints you. It tainted me to the point where I would hear that person's name and I would become angry. I'd be overwhelmed with this feeling of just, oh. See, we call it Bitterness. See, it's one thing to be unforgiving, but if we let it fester, it turns into bitterness. And I'm telling you, bitterness will kill you. It will eat you alive. Why else would Jesus say through the apostle, forgive as the Lord forgave you? Why would he say that? Because he knows our makeup. He knows our emotions. He understands what happens when we hold on to things in our life. And he's saying it's so much better to let it go. Let the person off the hook. But they owe me something. I understand. But if you let them off the hook, this isn't so much about them. It's about you. Do you know they've actually, they have evidence scientifically That people who harbor bitterness contract disease, have ailments in their body. Have you seen people like this? They can't say a kind word. They have these, these glasses they put on that are tainted because of offenses, maybe several, and they can't even see people straight. They can't see things right. You might give them a compliment and they're like, what do you mean by that? See, it gets to a point where then it even in your physical body affects you. And God doesn't want us to go through those things. He says to forgive as the Lord forgave you. In Luke chapter 17, verse 1, uh, we read this just a minute ago, but look at this again. It says, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. One translation says this, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Jesus is cluing us in on something. He's saying, this is going to happen. He's saying, you're going to have an opportunity. Now, this is interesting. The word offense in the Greek is the word scandalon, and it means this. The movable stick or trigger of a trap. An impediment placed in the way and causing one to stumble and to fall. In other words, it's a trap. Every time an offense comes, an offense is a trap. It's a trigger. Will you take the bait? Will you not take the bait? Now, I'm not trying to diminish bad things that have happened to you. There's things in your life, maybe you were so young, there's nothing you could do about it. People took advantage of you. I hear what you're saying. I understand. I'm not downplaying that. God's not downplaying that. But what he's saying is the only way for you to get through this process and to move on is to release that person. Give that situation to him. This isn't Christian cliche. This is truth. Science Isn't this amazing? Science constantly proves the word of God to be correct. Science constantly proves God to be right about us. Why? He's our maker. He designed us. He understands us. So he's saying something here. Learn to forgive. Learn to let go. Are you following me so far? So there's always an opportunity to take offense. How many can agree with that statement? How many here would say, yes, I've had opportunity? Some of you are like, yeah, I had an opportunity this morning. The guy in front of me, we call him Sunday drivers. Could he please go the speed limit? Now that's small. My kids are acting crazy in the back seat. My wife, I don't know what's going on with her, but obviously it's her issue, not mine. Wake up, guys, it's probably you. It's her hormones. Yeah, you have them too. But see, when all these things happen. We have opportunity to become offended. But he says to do it quickly and thoroughly. We forgive quickly and we forgive thoroughly. Why? It's for our benefit. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote this to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 1 and 3. He says, remember this. In the last days, there will be many troubles because people will love themselves, love money, brag, and be proud. They will not love others. How many have seen that? But, but this is huge right here. They will refuse to forgive. Refuse to forgive and will not control themselves. He's saying that they're completely unwilling to forgive. When we see this, we have to realize something. We could fall into this category if we're not allowing Christ to live his life through us. It's so easy to say, I refuse to forgive. Now, it might not be like, I refuse because I don't want to do what God says. No, we say stuff like, well, I refuse because I don't feel like it. I'm not to that point. I'm working through it. I refuse because they don't deserve it. But it's interesting that we were told to love and also to forgive the same way he loves and forgives us. How does he love us unconditionally? How does he forgive us unconditionally? Think about that for a minute. While you were yet a sinner, in Adam, sin nature, separated from God, it said Christ died for you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all experience eternal life with him. Before I apologized, before I was sorry, before I felt bad about my life, he took care of it. He forgave me. And all I have to do is receive forgiveness. I say, wow, God, you're so good. You already provided this. I didn't even apologize. I didn't even say I'm sorry because, you know, I used to get hung up on that. Well, when they say they're sorry, then I'll forgive them. I've gone round and round with people like, well, you can't just let people take advantage of you. I agree. Why would you ever put yourself into a situation to be taken advantage of? That's not wisdom. But the fact that we have to wait—they need to apologize. Have you ever had? Oh my gosh, it's it's worse for spouses, right? I've had times where my wife and I were getting into it, getting a little bit heated, and and like she—I don't know why she's the first one to say I'm sorry. I wish she wouldn't be. But she says, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't hear that. I still want to be irritated right now. I want to be frustrated with you. You just said you're sorry. And now I'm a Christian, so I got to forgive. Oh, I wanted to vent a little bit. I wanted to feel a little bit. I want to make her feel that pain she made me feel. Am I the only one here that does that? You're like, yeah, we're, we're not coming back to this place. She's supposed to be a pastor. But sometimes when people say they're sorry, we say things like, well, you didn't really mean it. What do you mean I didn't mean it? I just, I just said I'm sorry. Yeah, but there was a tone there. It's like we look for reasons to not forgive. You're all laughing because we've all been there, right? But I'm telling you something. It, it really does become easier when you realize that your forgiveness comes from God to you and then through you by him to others. It makes a big difference. Like, I used to hold grudges. I had issues with that. But now, I'll be honest with you, it's so much easier to just release people. Sometimes, like instantly, like, wow, they were a complete jerk. Okay, they're forgiven. And I move on. Now, not all the time. But it becomes easier when we realize that, that Jesus is our strength. He's the one that's living his life through us if we allow him to. He doesn't force himself through us. But he says, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Can I live my life through you? Can I help you be forgiving towards others? And he'll say things like, hey, think about this. Think about how I forgave you. I'm like, wow, God, how did you forgive me? Completely. Do you know God knows my life on this earth beginning to end? He knows every sin, every issue, every mistake. And he says, "Forgiven." That's big forgiveness. What if we actually could walk through life like that and say, you know what, I already know the people. Jesus told us offense will come. I know it's going to happen, and I'm prepared right now. When it comes, I'm going to forgive quick, and I'm going to forgive thoroughly. But you can't do it on your own. Through self-effort, you'll fail every time. You'll burn out. You'll fizzle out. Bitterness will creep in. You'll start not liking people. You'll be that crotchety old man that just, get off my lawn. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm not getting on the crotchety old man. If you brought him today, He's welcome. What I'm saying is, how did he get crotchety? What does crotchety mean? I'm going to look it up later. But how did he get crotchety? Usually it's a fence that turns into bitterness. And then you, you have those tainted glasses and you can't see things correctly. And God's saying, my very life resides in the inside of you. I'm your source of strength and ability, your, your forgiveness, your love, your peace, your joy, your patience, everything, your self-control. It comes from me. Will you just stop and realize I'm here? Can I live my life through you? Can I teach you? Can I train you? Will you watch me? Will you work with me? That's the life of a believer. It's not, you're saved, now go prove yourself to me. It's, you're saved and I'm never leaving you. Let's do life together. Now, I'm giving you a lot here today, but I want us to think about how the world looks at things. I want us to think about that we will have offenses come. I want us to think about if we don't deal with offenses, it turns into bitterness and it will destroy our lives. But I want to look on the other side that that God says, forgive as I've forgiven you, that I'm your strength, I'm your ability. And then he says this, pursue peace with all people. Now, I love that it says all people here. Because how many know it's pretty easy sometimes to pursue peace with your friend? We have an issue. Sometimes we say, pursue peace with the people you want to pursue peace with. But he's saying, pursue peace with all people. Doesn't matter their culture, doesn't matter what their theology is. Does not matter if they believe in Jesus or not? Now, I think it matters that they believe so they can have a relationship. But what I'm saying is, why do we sometimes say, well, I'll pursue peace with my brothers and sisters in Christ, if we can even do that correctly. But anyone else, they don't believe the way I believe. They have different doctrines. They don't think God exists. Uh, they're black, they're white, they're Hispanic. And we have all these little ways of separating. But he says, pursue peace with all people, all people groups. Come on, church, we got to get this all people. Doesn't matter culture, doesn't matter color, doesn't matter religion. Let me tell you something. There's Muslims who have come to Christ. There's Buddhists who have come to Christ. And the testimonies I hear are of other Christian believers who share God's love and his grace with them, who show them something different, that it's not a religion where you have to propitiate or satisfy a deity through your self-effort and your works and do better and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's simply a covenant that that was offered to us freely. And all we have to do is say yes. There's no world religion like Christianity. Will the real Christianity please stand up? talking about real Christianity. See, it says that the kindness of the Lord draws people to repentance. Well, we allow that fruit of the Spirit kindness to, to permeate and work through us. And people go, wow, you're really kind for a Christian. Why would you love me? I don't believe in God. Why would you love me? I serve a different God. Why would you love me? I have this lifestyle. Because... I pursue peace with all people. I show love to all people. And you know what happens in those situations? They start to ask questions. Their hearts soften. They go, okay, I see that your heart is for me, not against me. Can you tell me a little bit more about Jesus? It's the best way to witness to people. Be friends to people. Pursue peace with all people. This word pursue is huge in the Greek. It means to follow aggressively. Follow aggressively. You know, obtaining and maintaining peace is a continuous effort. How many have had days like that? I am pursuing peace. It seems kind of like an oxymoron, right? Aggressive peace. But you pursue it aggressively, meaning I'm not letting up. I'm going to have peace with all people, no matter what I feel, no matter uh, what they've done to me, no matter what this day has been like, I will pursue peace. And right now, some, I lost you. Like, that's impossible. I agree. Without Jesus. In fact, Christianity is impossible to do, to live, to be without Jesus. So let's tap into some Jesus, folks. Let's let his very life permeate through us and love people and forgive people show grace towards people and peace and self-control and faithfulness and gentleness and goodness and kindness. This isn't a fairy tale. It's not a cliche Sunday morning. This is who you are, believer. This is the fruit that he's already put in us. He put good works in us in advance so that we should walk in them so we can reach others and show them how good the king is, how good our heavenly father is, how good life in Christ can really be. Yet sometimes we turn them off because we expose them to a Veiled father we expose them to christian religion instead of real life organic relationship with god forgiveness it's not a feeling so here's what happens when you become offended you no longer see things you once did Like I said, you've got those glasses over your eyes and you see things differently and everything comes through the eyes of offense. So why is it that we pursue peace and walk in forgiveness? As believers, why are we asked to do this? Now, some may answer this, well, because that's what a good Christian should do. I mean, I'm a Christian after all, so I got to forgive you. You know, I've jokingly said that. Well, I I don't got to like you, but I got to love you, right? And we, say, and we think it's funny and cute. But the truth is, you actually learn to like some people once you start loving them. Because what you do is you see past that facade. You see past that. Some people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm big time. I'm awesome. And I'm a tough guy. Other ones, they just complain all the time. Other ones, they're against God. Other ones, they have an issue with people. But you start to see through the heart of the matter. You see the heart of people. And then you have that same love inside you. That God, God is love. And you start to see through that and go, wow. Wow. Wow, Holy Spirit, how can I help soften their heart? How can I help them see who you really are? And you actually get a heart for people. It's amazing. It's like you suddenly start acting like, oh, what's his name? Jesus. You start, you start acting like Jesus would with people, and it's like, what am I doing? This is out of character for me. Oh, wow, baby, you're walking in the fruit. You're walking in the goodness. You're walking in the good works. That's who he's made you to be. You're righteous. You're holy. You're pleasing. You're acceptable. You're a lover of people. You forgive people quickly and thoroughly. And you're like, what is going on? You're allowing God to transform your life. See, he transformed it on the inside. But we're told to work out our salvation. You're working all that stuff he worked in onto the outside, and before you know it, you're acting ways you never acted before. You're treating people with dignity and respect and showing them love, and you're like, wow, this isn't even me. There's testimonies of guys here who were hard. And when God got a hold of them, they were the softest person you'd ever know. It's amazing what God's love does. But see, we can forgive because he first forgave us. Amen? But we also can forgive just as he forgave us. So again... You know, it's not about I'm a good Christian. It's the Christian thing to do. It's that self-effort and good works mentality. That's not what it's about. I'm not saying good works aren't, aren't, you know, important. What I'm saying is that should not be the motivation. The motivation should be he forgave you. He loved you. I forgive others. I love others. See, he's our feel for change. He's our feel to be motivated in life. Others say things like this. Well, if you don't forgive others, your heavenly father won't forgive you. Now, I know Jesus prayed a prayer. Forgive us as we forgive others. That's a death sentence, folks. This was Jesus under the law talking. Do you know later in the scripture, it says, we just read it, forgive others as I've forgiven you. So it's not about, if I don't forgive this person, i will got to never forgive me again. He's already forgiven you completely for, for eternity, like it's done. And when you wake up to that, you go, wow, I'm forgiven? Like, for the rest of my life, it's a done deal? man, I'm going to pass it on. I'm going to forgive others quickly and thoroughly. The Bible answers this question really in Colossians chapter 3. We had read verse 13. I want to bump up to verse 12 and read it all together. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, now catch on to this. If you're a believer, wave your hand. If you're a Christian, okay, He's talking to you. As God's chosen people, say, I'm chosen. chosen. Say, I'm holy. Holy. I'm I'm dearly loved. He says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Then he goes on in verse 13. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And then he says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, the reason that we read verse 12 is to get context. How is it? That we can show things like compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. How can we bear one another? How can we lift each other up? How can we endure one another? How can we forgive as the Lord forgave us right here? By saying, I'm a chosen person. I'm God's child. Wait a minute. I'm holy. What's that mean? I'm set apart. I'm his. I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. And then to realize that you're dearly loved. See, this is the feel. When you walk through life realizing, Daddy God, that's my father. He loves me, no conditions. He loves me beyond anything I could imagine. In fact, I'm told to measure, to immerse myself and to try and measure how big his love is. When you do that, suddenly you'll clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Sounds familiar. Sounds like the fruit of the spirit, doesn't it? There's two points from this verse. Number one, why do we do this? Why do we forgive? Because that is who we are. If you're a believer here today, say that I'm a forgiver. Say it again, I'm a forgiver. Number two, forgive as the Lord forgave you. How did he forgive us? I've said it in several different ways, but what does the writer of Hebrews say? In Hebrews eight twelve? he says, this is God speaking, they'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven. In other words, they'll know who I am by how much they realize my forgiveness to them. When you realize that you're completely and totally forgiven by God, what happens is you go, wow, I'm starting to get to know who God really is. And then he goes on and says, with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. (laughs) That's amazing, folks. Because even the Jews didn't have it that good. Once a year they had to offer a sacrifice that would cover sin and they were giddy. They were happy when they left the temple. They're like, woo, my sins have been covered for another year. But Jesus completely wipes the slate clean and we walk around with heads low going, I wish I was worthy. I wish I was good enough. I got so many issues in life. He's completely forgiven you. And when you awaken to your righteousness, who he's really made you to be, you'll start to see yourself acting differently. But not until then. So let's turn to Matthew 5. I want to wrap up in Matthew 5 today. Jesus says something that seems impossible. It really does. But through him, I believe that we can walk this out. Matthew chapter 5. And look at verse, uh, we're going to start with verse Verse 44. Now, this is Jesus talking. This, now, again, this seems impossible. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, I'm telling you to love your enemies. <laughs> How many have been doing a good job of that lately, right? <laughs> I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. In other words, when someone does something wrong, you go, Dear Jesus, Heavenly Father, I'm going to talk to you for a minute about this. And then he says, for then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. And he says this, in a word, what I'm saying is, now listen closely, grow up. He's not yelling at us and saying, grow up. He says, you're a saint. Realize who you are. True maturity comes from realizing who you are. And then accepting responsibility of what he's given you and what he's done for you. He says, grow up. You're kingdom subjects. I love this. Now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. You see, again, how he always initiates. We simply respond. This is the gospel, folks. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, again, what God does is he does everything first, and then he asks us to follow his lead. If you think about it, any good parent leads by example. And our Heavenly Father is an awesome, exceptional dad. Amen? So at this point, you might be saying, Pastor Andy, we know that forgiving is the right thing to do. It makes sense. We see it in the Scripture. And I would say yes, but do we understand that we don't have to strive and struggle to do it? I know for some of us, this is hard to hear. It's like, but I'm struggling right now. I've got that person in my mind. As you've been speaking this, I've actually got more irritated about that person. I understand we're bringing it to light. It's okay. Be transparent. Think about that person. Think about that offense because we're going to do something here a minute that I believe is going to help you to make a better decision in your life for your life to help your life. See, if we understand that it's in our nature to forgive, then we'll forgive because that's who we are. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm created to do. That's part of what God's put in me. It's part of our God-created identity. So, it's in our nature. It's who we are. You can sum it up like this Forgiving others and walking in forgiveness has been made attainable for us who are in Christ. Now, I want to say something. This might seem challenging. I've already told you that forgiveness is not a feeling. Here's what forgiveness is it's a choice, just like love. Forgiveness is a choice, and I I know that's tough to swallow. It's like, but I don't want to choose. Sometimes we we might hesitate to forgive someone because we don't feel very forgiving towards them. We don't feel it, right? I don't feel forgiving. I don't feel like I'm at that point. We might still feel a, a great deal of anger toward them. So we examine our emotional state and decide we're not in any condition to forgive, and what happens when we do this, we, we completely buy into the error that forgiveness is a feeling. But here's the truth. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a choice that we have to make. Because forgiveness is releasing someone from that debt. And listen to this. It's not just releasing them, you know, letting them off the hook. It's giving up the right to be treated fairly by them. I told you it's impossible without Jesus but you have to give up that right to be treated fairly. You have to give up that right. You have to actually go into it going, they might do it again. Now, I'm not saying we're humble Christians, so we just put ourselves in harm's way. Here, hurt me. Here, offend me. Oh, hurt me again, because that's what we do as believers. No, use wisdom. If you're in a relationship and, and your spouse or your significant other is beating the heck out of you, get out of the situation don't bear it for the Lord. It's my cross. That's bunk. We don't allow people to hurt us. But guess what? Offense will come and we'll have that opportunity. So forgiveness is a choice. We don't have to wait for our feelings to come on board. We can do it like immediately. Instead, we can follow the divine sequence that God has given us. Here it is. Think, then choose, then feel. I often tell people when I'm counseling them that you have to make a decision sometimes before the feeling comes along. Decisions precede feelings. So it's not about I feel like I'm ready to forgive. It's something we choose to do. Some people hesitate to forgive someone saying things like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. Or, you know, it may take me a while to completely forgive them. But this implies that forgiveness takes time. And the truth is forgiveness does not take time. Feelings can take time to change, but forgiveness is only a choice away. So how do we flesh this out? I want us to think this through for just a minute. Because I, I, I know that there's, there's people here today who are probably struggling with forgiving another. And I think the best way that you can do it, first of all, is personally. Maybe there's someone that you have contact with, you can go to them. And there's three things that you do in this process. I want to go through that. But firstly, it could be someone who's, they're personal, they're there. You, you have enough of a relationship that you can be open and honest and you trust their heart. Okay. Now, there's, there's other situations where the person may not be available. Maybe it's a parent. Or a friend or someone who's passed away. They're no longer with us. Maybe you, have no longer, you no longer have contact with them. Maybe it's somebody who's so toxic that the very idea of going to them and saying something, you know the response is like, are you kidding me? I didn't do anything. In those situations, what do you do? Now, this might seem a little awkward, but it's very practical. What you do, you go home. You grab a couple chairs. You put one here. You put one here. You sit down in one chair and you put the other person in that chair. Now you're imagining them in a chair and here's what you do, whether it's personal or whether it's to the chair, the first thing we do is we assess the damage. It's okay. Think about what they did. It hurt me when you did this. You made me feel this way, embarrassed, abandoned, rejected. You you did this and it made me feel this way. This is what you did to me. Some might be tough. You took advantage of me when I was little, you did inappropriate things to me and I couldn't, I couldn't get away from it when I was too little. You stole my girlfriend, you stole my husband, you stole my wife, you stole money from me. I can't trust you. You betrayed me, you embarrassed me. Say it out loud to the person. This is what you did and this is how I felt when you did that. But see, number two is this choose to forgive and release the debt. Now, this isn't easy. But remember, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. I choose as an act of my will because I am a forgiving person in Christ to forgive you of what you did. To not hold anything against you, to let you off the hook. You don't owe me anything. All I owe is to love you and forgive you. Now, I know a lot of us right now are going, this is impossible. You're right, without Christ. And number three, remember your choice. Because I'm telling you what, feelings may follow, but it could be months. It could be years. So every day when you get that feeling and you remember your choice and you talk to your Heavenly Father and you say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. By your power, I forgave this person. I thank you for the opportunity that I can forgive this person despite what they did. And name that offender. This is important. And say, I need your help, Holy Spirit, today as I go through this process. Because the feelings aren't lining up with the choice that I made. But remind yourself of the choice. So what's number one? We assess the damage, what you did to me. We say it out loud. Number two, we choose to forgive and release the debt and say, you no longer owe me anything. I give up my right for an apology. I give up my right to say you owe me something. And number three, we remember the choice on a daily basis if that's what it takes. See, forgiveness, it's not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. We also thank you for your forgiveness towards us. It's because you've forgiven us that we out of that can forgive others. I, I pray for every person here today that's struggling with this. Somebody who has just done them so wrong that it's just, it's it's so wrong. It's it's so it's so vile. It's so against the norm of what should have happened. But I pray today that they would not let that fester into bitterness. That they would release that. They would cast their care on you. That they would confront this person. Whether it be personally or with the chair. They would let them know what it is that they did to them. Let them know how they felt when these things happened. And that they would then make that choice to forgive and release that person. Let them off the hook. And then in a daily If it takes daily, in a daily fashion, say, God, I remember the choice. You remember the choice. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are my ability. You're my strength. I can do this. I continue to make the choice to forgive that person for what they did to me. They're released. They're off the hook. I pray for each person here today that they would make that decision. Give them peace and comfort right now in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you'd say, you know, I've never made a decision for Jesus. I've never said yes to Jesus, but I truly believe that God loved me so much that he sent his son, that his son died on a cross, that he shed his blood to forgive me of all sin, but it gets better. I believe that he was raised again, that God raised him from the dead, and that's what gives me a brand new life. I want a brand new life in Christ today. If that's you, just simply raise your hand. Just a couple seconds. Just raise your hand. And to say yes to Jesus, yes to new life in him. I thank you for every person here, Heavenly Father. I thank you that that today changes happen in their life. That today, those of us who are believers are just going to continue to pursue peace. We're going to continue to live out our life from your strength and ability. And for those who maybe haven't said yes yet, they will come back, see more of your love, your grace, and your goodness. In Jesus' name, and everyone said Amen. We're going to close in just a moment, but I just want to share one more personal story with you. Just to tell you that these things are never easy, but I'm telling you, when you do them, it makes all the difference in the world. I had a situation with the person uh, who really did me wrong. They stole from me. Um, They... They just you know, ran my name into the mud. Things that weren't true. A lot of things happened. And I really had an issue. And it got to the point where I literally, every time I heard this person's name, I would just be consumed with anger. One day, I was ready to go over and put this person in the hospital. The bitterness had gotten so bad. And, and it was wild because I was just praying one day. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian at this time. Something inside said, release, let go. I don't feel like it. Release and let this person go. And I remember that day. And I did this personally. Came up to this person. I said, you know, all this stuff that's been done and said, I release you from everything. I forgive you from everything. And the person's like, oh, I, you know, I, they they went out. I thought about it every day. And I said, this, honestly, this isn't about you. (laughs) This is about me. This is about what I have to do. Thank you for thinking me every day. Uh, But I thought about you every day and I had to just let this go. I forgive you of all these things. And I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to say this to really bring some emphasis. I literally felt a weight drop off my entire body. Like instantly, I could breathe. See, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He understands us. He gets us. And when he says things, even if it seems hard, if it seems impossible, push through and do it. Because I'm telling you, you will sense a freedom you've never sensed before. Let that person go. Let them off the hook. It doesn't make what they did right, but you have to let them go for yourself. Amen. Do you receive that today? Awesome. I know it's been a little heavier today, but I appreciate your time, and I love you. I pray for you, and I know that the Holy Spirit in you is going to always lead you the right direction, and you will make the right decisions. Amen. Thank you so much for your time today. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.